More classified documents are found at Joe Biden's house by his lawyers. Democrats struggle to respond. And the Miss Universe pageant is now run by a man who believes he is a woman standing up for feminism. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Well, it's another day. And more documents have been found at Joe Biden's house, classified documents. And, and the, best, the best excuse for Joe Biden, as always, is he doesn't know where his house is or what a document is. The best advice for, for Joe Biden from his lawyers is going to be, I was senile, I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> and also elect me president again in 2024. According to the Associated Press, lawyers for President Joe Biden found more classified documents at his home in Wilmington, Delaware, than previously known, the White House acknowledged on Saturday. White House lawyer Richard Sauber said in a statement, a total of six pages of classified documents were found during a search of Biden's private library. The White House had said previously only a single page was found there. This latest disclosure is in addition to the discovery of documents found in December in Joe Biden's garage, which is, of course, the most secure location in all of America. Donald Trump's locked closet at Mar-a-Lago. That place is wildly insecure. Chinese spies are repelling from the ceilings a la Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible in order to grab the documents from Donald Trump's closet. But Joe Biden's garage in Delaware, that is the place where no one would dare look. No one would ever break into a garage in Wilmington, Delaware. Also, they found it in November at his former offices at the Penn Biden Center for Boondoggles and Wasteful Money in Washington from his time as vice president. Now, as we will also remind you, the vice president does not have the summary power of declassification. The president of the United States basically does. The apparent mishandling of the classified documents and official records from the Obama administration is currently under investigation by a former U.S. attorney, Robert Hur, who was appointed as a special counsel on Thursday by Attorney General Merrick Garland, who is seeking to avoid as much blame as possible. It won't matter. In the end, it's going to have to be Merrick Garland who decides whether to prosecute Donald Trump or whether to prosecute Joe Biden. The answer is neither of them will be prosecuted because they are part of the special people. If this were you, you would be prosecuted, but you are not a special people. They are special people, so they will not be prosecuted. Sauber said in a statement on Saturday that Biden's personal lawyers, who did not have security clearances, stopped their search after finding the first page on Wednesday evening. Sauber found the remaining material on Thursday as he was facilitating their retrieval by the Department of Justice. By the way, quick question. How did they know it was classified? The answer is it was marked classified. Right? That is the only way you know to stop looking through the documents. It's not as though they have independent knowledge knowing that documents are classified or not. It means that these things must have been clearly labeled secret or top secret. And then they were just hanging around in Joe Biden's house in Delaware or in his garage next to his throwback Corvette. The lawyer, Richard Sauber, said, well, I was transferring it to the DOJ officials who accompanied five additional pages with classification markings were discovered among the material with the, for a total of six pages. The DOJ officials with me immediately took possession of them. Now, again, why did it take two months for the White House to acknowledge that any of this happened? The answer is, of course, they had to get well past the actual election cycle. On Thursday, asked whether Biden could guarantee that additional classified documents would not turn up in a further search, White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, the world's most untalented press secretary, told reporters, quote, you should assume that it's been completed. Yes. And then two days later, they had to announce that there were more pages that were actually found at his house. Bob Bauer, the president's personal lawyer, said his legal team has, quote, attempted to balance the importance of public transparency where appropriate with the established norms and limitations necessary to protect the investigation's integrity. Yes, I'm sure that's what this was all about. I'm sure that despite the fact this was all discovered on November 2nd, the first thing that Joe Biden thought was, how can I protect the transparency of the process and ensure that the process goes forward fully legally? It never occurred to Joe Biden or his lawyers, maybe we'll wait until after this election cycle is over and everybody goes to sleep for Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then when they come back, then we'll, then we'll tell them about this little snafu. The Associated Press goes out of its way to try and distinguish this from Donald Trump because Donald Trump, of course, was, was very stubborn about not turning over the documents, whereas Joe Biden turned over the documents forthwith. Yes, but that does not actually change the underlying fact is you are not supposed to have classified documents sitting in your garage in a box in the same box where you're keeping your old family photos, for example. This raises a bunch of serious problems. One of those problems is that the president's son was apparently living at this home at the time. Now, Normally, if the president's son were living at this home during the time, you'd think, okay, well, no biggie, right? I mean, it's just the president's kid. However, Hunter Biden has a rather long and inglorious history of running away to foreign countries while his, his father was the vice president of the United States or in the post-vice presidency and picking up giant bags of cash from foreign sources who are nefarious at best. Not only that, it now turns out that Hunter Biden listed this particular house as owned by him and also said that he was renting the house at the same time in his tax forms, which raises some pretty serious questions. We'll get to more on all this in just one second. First, if one of your goals this year is to do business with companies that don't actually hate your guts, you should take a look at Pure Talk. Pure Talk 
is the antidote to woke wireless companies. It is proudly veteran-owned, employs a U.S.-based customer service team, and absolutely refuses to spend money on fake news networks. Not to mention, PureTalk's service is fantastic. They're one of the largest networks in the country. You get blazing fast data, talk, and text for as low as 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying for Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Switch on over to Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes while keeping your phone and your phone number. Your first month is guaranteed risk-free. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with the service, you will get your money back. This year, make it a goal to support companies who support you. Go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Shapiro, save 50% off your very first month of coverage. That's puretalk.com, promo code Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. I made the switch over. I take my business phone calls on a Pure Talk phone, and I'll tell you, Pure Talk, they do a great job. Their coverage is great. They use one of the same tower networks as one of the big guys. Head over to puretalk.com. Enter promo code Shapiro. Save 50% off your very first month of coverage. That is puretalk.com. Promo code Shapiro. Also, I got to tell you, I'm up a lot at night lately. We have a puppy. We have three kids, all of whom are under the age of 10. We have another one that is on the way. And uh, that means that when I lie down on my mattress, I better go to sleep and I better go to sleep right fast. And that is why I rely on my Helix Sleep Mattress, essentially to keep me energetic and alive at this point. Helix is a premium mattress brand that provides tailored mattresses based on your unique sleep preferences. The Helix lineup includes 14 unique mattresses, including a collection of luxury models, a mattress for big and tall sleepers, even a mattress made just for kids. I've had my Helix mattress for years at this point, and I'll tell you, it is just as good as the day it came in the mail. Nervous about buying a mattress online? You don't have to be because Helix has a sleep quiz that matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? I took that Helix quiz. They matched me to a firm but breathable mattress. That's what I need. I tend to heat up at night. And if the mattress is too soft, I get back pain. Head on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. Find the perfect mattress for your body and sleep type. Your mattress will come right to your door, shipped for free. Plus, Helix has a 10-year warranty. You can try it out for 100 nights at risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. For a limited time, Helix is offering up to 350 bucks off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. It's their best offer yet. Hurry on over to helixsleep.com slash Ben with Helix. Better sleep starts right now. According to Breitbart.com and Miranda Devine over at the New York Post, Hunter Biden recorded monthly rent payments of $49,910 while living at President Joe Biden's residence. On a document titled Background Screening Request, it appears Hunter paid $49,910 in monthly rent for a year while living at Joe Biden's Delaware residence, where the president kept classified documents alongside his Corvette in the garage. Hunter listed his rental tenancy from March 2017 to February 2018, according to the document. The document is signed July of 2018. In 2017, Biden left the White House and stored a large number of classified documents inside that garage and in two other locations. The first batch of documents found are alleged to contain information pertaining to both Ukraine and Iran, according to CNN. The document also shows that Hunter checked a box on the form claiming to own Joe Biden's home. It is unknown why Hunter would have paid rent if he owned the home. Now, again, the best possible solution for Joe Biden and Hunter is we are both idiots and we do idiot things because we're idiots. And that's very plausible because welcome to the political world where everyone is a moron. However, if in fact Hunter Biden is not a complete moron, and if he was not high on Parmesan cheese when he filled out these forms, this raises some pretty serious questions. First question, why are you paying rent on a home that you purportedly own? Second question, $50,000 a month in rent? The F? $50,000 a month in rent? That is a lot of money in rent. I mean, like, I think that if you're paying $50,000 a month in rent, you're talking about a home that would presumably be worth tens of millions of dollars. You wouldn't be talking about Joe Biden's home in Wilmington, Delaware. You'd be talking about like a mega mansion if you are talking about $50,000 in rent. I mean, what, what is the mortgage? Uh, if you're paying a $50,000 a month mortgage, what exactly, what, what, is the, what is the price on the, on the house? That's crazy. That's nuts. I mean, so this raises some pretty serious questions as to whether he was actually paying to rent the house or whether this is essentially money laundering, right? That would be the other plausible excuse is that you are paying $50,000 a month to daddy. The house is not worth $50,000 a month. The house is worth $6,000 a month or $10,000 a month. And the rest of it, daddy is just pocketing and you're calling it rent. Because as far as I'm aware, Joe Biden's house in Wilmington, Delaware is, is not worth tens of millions of dollars. So that is a, that is a lot of money. What in, the, what in the actual, what? Okay, so this raises some very serious issues, obviously, especially given the fact that that we have known from documents for a long time from Hunter Biden's computer that there was a, an email from, the, from Chinese authorities to Tony Bobulinski, who's working with Hunter Biden and Hunter Biden to Tony Bobulinski, talking about 10% reserved in this Chinese deal for the big guy. And there have been serious questions as to who the big guy was. And it appears the big guy may in fact have been Joe Biden. 
So that looks a lot as though Joe Biden was making a lot of money off of his son's nefarious business activities overseas. It should be noted that Joe Biden's 2017 tax return on Schedule E only listed $19,800 in rents received. And in 2018, Biden listed no rents received at all. This obviously is, is going to raise some very serious questions about why exactly Hunter Biden was saying it. And that is independent of the fact that you have a bunch of classified documents being kept in the House. So you have this very untrustworthy, scuzzy human being, Hunter Biden. By the way, Hunter Biden is so scuzzy right now that I believe that right now in court, he is fighting against the woman he impregnated with his child, that the child should not be able to have his last name. That, that is a thing that he is doing right now. So he's a real class act as Hunter Biden, the smartest person that Joe Biden knows. This sort of stuff is going to come back to bite Joe Biden in a very serious way, and the investigations are going to begin. Joe Biden's lawyers have put out a statement. Bob Bauer, who's the personal attorney for the president, he put out a statement talking about why all these documents were there with the timeline. The timeline is November 2nd. The president's personal attorneys unexpectedly discovered Obama-Biden documents at the Penn-Biden Center, consistent with statutory requirements. The National Archives and Records Administration was notified of the discovery for the following eight days. The president's personal attorneys were in regular contact with NARA and anticipated that NARA would notify the DOJ and the DOJ would notify the president's personal attorneys of any next steps. On November 3rd, NARA in informed the NARA inspector general. On November 4th, as stated by the attorney general, the NARA inspector general informed the DOJ. And on November 9th, like the day after the election, as stated by the attorney general, DOJ launched an assessment to understand whether documents were mishandled. The timeline here is super suspicious. January 12th is when the president's personal attorneys informed U.S. attorney Lausch, they had found additional material bearing classified markings at the Wilmington resident inside the room adjacent to the... Why did it take two and a half months for them to actually search the entire residence? Like, what have they been doing this entire time? This is, it's a full-scale disaster area for Joe Biden because not only does it not look transparent, it looks incompetent. Not only does it look incompetent, he's got his weirdo son living at the house at the time paying $50,000 a month in rent according to Hunter Biden's own forms. All of this is super suspicious. We'll get to more on this in just a moment. First, the financial experts said we were in the clear. While experts anticipated rate cuts, inflation in the United States remains a significant economic concern. Think about it. The United States right now is in the hole by $34 trillion. But we're going to keep spending. And we're going to keep printing. And that's going to keep pushing up those prices. So you can bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversification, always a smart financial strategy. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation. Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert your existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. You're not going to pay a penny out of pocket. Gold is part of my savings strategy. I get it from Birch Gold. They've been the exclusive gold partner of The Daily Wire for over seven years now, literally helping thousands of our listeners. They can help you as well. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist about protecting your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text Ben to 989898. Right now, diversification, always a smart strategy. Text Ben to 989898 to get started. So meanwhile, the House GOP continues to seek Biden residents' visitor logs as the classified document saga continues, according to the Wall Street Journal. House Republicans are seeking two years of visitor logs from Biden's Delaware home as part of a push for more details about documents marked classified that were found in Biden's home and at a Washington office he used after his vice presidency. House Oversight Committee Chair James Comer of Kentucky, he said, given the serious national security implications, the White House must provide the Wilmington residents' visitor log. Comer also requested documentation of searches Biden aides conducted, including the identity of the aides, as well as the date of their searches. The White House declined to comment on whether it would even comply with the request. There are people on the TVs like Andy McCabe, who was thrown out of the FBI for leaking material about his own activities at the FBI to the press, saying that the DOJ should not comply and Biden should not comply with congressional subpoenas. Five seconds ago, obviously, if it was Donald Trump not complying, then this meant that he had to be held in contempt and maybe jailed. All of this is very, very chaotic for the Democrats right now. According to Politico, the Democrats are basically in a state of chaos over all of this. They don't know what to do. Quote, talk to almost any Dem and they'll tell you that Biden's classified documents problem is not the same as former President Donald Trump's. Biden volunteered that he had classified documents. He and his team have seemingly cooperated with investigators, but dig a little below the surface and many of those same Democrats will concede they're getting frustrated with the White House's handling of the situation. They're trying to put lipstick on a pig. One Democrat close to the White House told CBS's Ed O'Keefe, the problem is this week, they got handed 50 pigs and one stick of lipstick. One Democratic official said, why in the world didn't they get the story out earlier, like before the holidays? Why didn't they get the full story out at once instead of drip, drip, drip with each new discovery of documents? Put simply, it was not handled well at all. This could have some implications for 2024. Obviously, Democrats are afraid that it's a huge gift to Donald Trump because if one of the big claims against Trump is that he's so irresponsible, how could he put these documents 
in just a locked closet over at Mar-a-Lago. And, and we have photos of the documents on the ground placed there by the FBI investigators. And, and it was raided and all the rest of it. Now, he seems like he's off the hook. David Axelrod says, quote, he's been on a huge run here. He had a lot of momentum going. This is a bump in the road for Joe Biden. The GOP investigations, according to Politico, are inevitable and they will be ferocious. Comer said, many questions need to be answered. One thing is certain, oversight is coming. The Biden White House's secrecy in this matter is alarming. Equally alarming is the fact that Biden aides were combing through documents knowing there would be a special counsel appointed. So this is a, um, it is a, a hornet's nest for Democrats, pretty clearly. And Democrats are not sure what to do about it. So the, the, there have basically been two lines. One line is it's no big deal and we are going to pretend it's no big deal. And the other is we definitely, we need to investigate, but let's keep a sense of proportion, guys. It really, it, it's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. Like they, they know that they're a, bit, they're a bit trapped here and they are trapped because they decided to go full bore on Donald Trump, may in fact be a Russian and or Chinese spy who is taking classified nuclear secrets and trading them away against the security of the United States. They went like all the way in on that. And so now if they don't go at least halfway in with regard to Joe Biden, they look really hypocritical. And it is very obvious that they were in an, a, a get Trump mode. They didn't really care about classification standards or national security secrets or any of the rest. And so they look very nervous on TV over the weekend. Jamie Raskin of Maryland, who was on the January 6th committee, after, by the way, having voted in 2016 not to certify the election, you'll recall. Jamie Raskin urged a sense of proportion in all of this. By Biden's own standard, wasn't Biden totally irresponsible with classified information? And aren't we right to wonder, to use Biden's words, quote, what data was in there that may compromise sources and methods? You know, I'm hoping that we will keep a sense of symmetry about our analysis of these situations and a sense of proportion about the underlying offenses. There's some people who are trying to compare uh, having a government document um, that should no longer be in your possession to inciting uh, a violent insurrection against the government of the United States. Uh, no, actually, they're comparing having documents that shouldn't be in your possession to having documents that shouldn't be in your possession. And you and every Democrat going absolutely ape leap over Donald Trump having these documents in his possession. Now, again, I think that we should take violations of classified materials very, very seriously. We should take them about as seriously as is appropriate. We should also recognize that Donald Trump was never selling nuclear secrets to the Chinese or the Russians, that it was all overblown. That, that is not a rationale for the prosecution of the former president of the United States. This is not going to be a rationale for the prosecution of Joe Biden. We should be realistic about the fact that if you are a high-level politician in the United States, the standards do not apply to you. Instead, what we are going to do is we will only prosecute you if we believe that you're actually a traitor to the United States and that you mean to expose material to prying foreign eyes. Because we know that you can be as irresponsible as you want to be. And as long as you don't have intent, we won't prosecute you. That is the Hillary Clinton standard. The Hillary Clinton standard from 2016 is that Hillary Clinton took a bunch of classified material. She put it on a private server. James Comey, then the head of the FBI, literally said that there was a high probability that prying eyes saw that material, that somebody hacked her server, and that there's a good shot that a lot of that material was seen by foreign eyes. Not just that, they, not just that it might have happened. He said there was a good shot that it had happened, and that was not enough to prosecute Hillary Clinton. So having a bunch of printed out documents in your closet at Mar-a-Lago or in your garage in Wilmington, Delaware, none of that is going to amount to a prosecution. We all knew that going into Trump. The difference is that the media decided that this, just like every op every opportunity, was the chance to get Donald Trump until they were until the, it was all spoiled by those darned kids. Every time, it's just Lucy with the football. We're going to get Trump this time, and then it just doesn't happen. Well, this time, it turns out they thought they had Trump, and then Joe Biden decided that he was going to randomly wander into the middle of the story carrying unclassified documents. So really, really well done here. Adam Schiff, who himself has been I should say loose-lipped about classified material. Right? This is a guy who would go on TV pretty much every weekend on CNN and talk about the classified materials that he had seen. He wouldn't tell you all the secrets, but he would tell you that he had seen some he had seen some stuff, guys. He'd seen some stuff that meant that Donald Trump was a Russian asset. Well, now Adam Schiff is out there saying that he can't exclude the possibility of Biden handling the documents endangering national security. Of course, he has to say this. If Democrats don't say this, then it's perfectly obvious how ridiculous they are. Back to the to the documents, uh, you raised the possibility of this national security assessment. Is it possible that national security was jeopardized here as, as, as many, including you, uh, raised that possibility with the Mar-a-Lago documents? Uh, I don't think we can exclude the possibility without know, knowing more of the facts. Um, we have asked for an assessment uh, in the intelligence community of the Mar-a-Lago documents. Uh, I think we ought to get that same assessment of the documents uh, found in the uh, in the uh, think tank as well as the home of President Biden. 
I look at that, like newfound sobriety from the Democrats, almost as though they were completely drunk before. And now it turns out that a bunch of Democrats probably routinely do this sort of stuff. A lot of government officials probably have lots of classified materials they accidentally took home. I mean, let's put the, the, I always try to attribute to stupidity that which I can, as opposed to malice. I don't think that, that Joe Biden went through the documents and was like, I will take these classified documents home so that I can give them to Hunter so that Hunter can trade them away on the Chinese markets. I think that is extraordinarily unlikely. I think there are a lot of other reasons to think that Hunter and Joe are pretty corrupt, but I don't think that that's, I don't think that's it. With that said, do I, do I think that Democrats are now forced to treat these situations with the lack of, of crisis mentality that they actually do deserve? I think now they are. I think they've been sort of rocked back into the world of reality. And then you have idiots like Ilhan Omar, Ilhan Omar the, uh, the despicable congresswoman from Minnesota. And she's out there saying this is really about Republican hypocrisy. Oh, is it really? Is it? Is that what this is about? Tell me more. Well, one, I'm glad that there is a special prosecutor that's been appointed to investigate. You are glad that there is a special yes, prosecutor. Yes, because why. anytime there is a deviance uh, in regards to security protocols that should be taken serious, it should be investigated. What I find interesting is that Republicans who have defended Trump after he literally stole classified documents, refused to turn them over, lied about having them, are now only interested in investigating Biden, who has cooperated. So you have to understand, right, Republicans aren't really interested in upholding the law, in following security protocols. What they're interested in is playing a political game. As opposed to Democrats, who are totally not interested in playing political games. They are just deeply concerned about classified national security issues. Uh-huh. Right. Sure. And the vocal fry on that lady, every time she speaks, oh, down here. Uh. In any case, uh, the rest of the media have decided that this is, in fact, the line. They've hit on the line. The line is, Republicans are hypocrites. You mean that? It, so, so just to get this straight, if you guys go absolutely nuts over Donald Trump having a bunch of classified documents in his, in his closet, not because he wanted to sell them, but because he's Donald Trump. And Donald Trump probably was sitting there and like, I like these documents. This one has Kim Jong-un's signature on it. Look, it's pretty. It's nice. It's like poetry. Slam poetry. Which is really why he was keeping the documents there. And if you said that at the time, like, how dare you not take classified national security seriously? And now they're like, my God, my God, we, we, we're not going to take this seriously. Why should we take this seriously? And if, you, and if you said that classified national security issues should be taken seriously, but like, let's be real. Nobody's actually stealing national security documents to disseminate them with the bad guys. If you said that, then this was downplaying it. This is their new line. Their line is, you are now a hypocrite if you point out that Joe Biden did exactly the same thing because he did exactly the same thing. Okay, so CNN's Jake Tapper, he went after James Comer on this, the Republican congressperson from Kentucky, saying, do you only care about the classified documents when Democrats do the mishandling? The answer is no, but we're going to take it with exactly the same amount of seriousness. Everyone in Washington, D.C. has a double-digit IQ. That's the amount of seriousness with which we should take virtually all of their behavior. So what do you say to viewers who don't understand why President Biden's documents seem like a big priority for you, but President Trump, who took hundreds more documents, did not comply with the subpoena, did not reach out to the National Archives or the Justice Department to say, hey, we found these documents. It's not a priority. Do you only care about classified documents being mishandled when Democrats do the mishandling? Absolutely not. Look, we still don't know what type of documents President Trump had. That's one of the questions we've asked National Archives. Just because Joe Biden's lawyer said they turned over five documents doesn't mean they just turned over five documents. They could have turned over 500 documents. Okay, so again, the, the answer to all of this is that everyone should have taken all these investigations with exactly the grain of salt that they deserved. A giant chunk of rock salt should have been taken with all these investigations because none of this Honestly, is that big a deal? It wasn't that big a deal when Trump did it. It's not that big a deal when Biden does it. We can pretend that it's a big deal until we find out that he's actually trafficking in national security secrets. But what is amazing is where the media really get hot and bothered, where they get very hot and bothered about where the focus goes. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's talk about something that you haven't changed for a long time. Your underwear. Now, I don't mean the pairs of underwear. I, I assume that you wash those every so often, but your underwear brand, it's just bad if you're not using Tommy John. Tommy John underwear is the best underwear on planet Earth. It graces this incredible tuchus right this very instant. Your life becomes significantly better in Tommy John underwear. Seriously, name a problem with any other underwear brand. Tommy John has already solved it. 
Tommy John loungewear, pajamas, underwear. They have dozens of comfort innovations. They use a luxuriously soft fabric with four-way stretch. It doesn't create lint or fuzz you get with other brands. Tommy John underwear comes with that no-wedgie guarantee thanks to a non-rolling waistband and legs that never right up would have been super helpful for me in high school. With over 18 million pairs sold, people are raving about Tommy John. They don't just have customers, they have fanatics. I am one of them. Every purchase is backed by Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or it's free guarantee. Head on over to tommyjohn.com slash Ben right now for 20% off your very first order. That's 20% off at tommyjohn.com slash Ben. Again, that's tommyjohn.com slash Ben. Go check them out right now for the world's best underwear and loungewear and all the rest. Also, it can be tough to stick to a New Year's resolution. It's mid-January. How many of you have already kind of lost the thread on some of those New Year's resolutions? But there's one that you can take care of today and then you don't have to worry about it ever, ever again. You can complete your will with epic will. Now, nobody likes to talk about their own death or even think about their own death, but here's the thing. It's coming for us all. And the, the least you can do is make sure that when death comes for you, the government doesn't come for all your assets and just take them away from you and redistribute them as, as they see fit. For just 119 bucks and in as little as five minutes, Epic Will can help you create your last will and testament, living will, even healthcare power of attorney. Their step-by-step -step online form makes it incredibly easy. All you need to do is fill in the blanks. 50% of Americans don't have a will. Choose today. Be in that smarter half. Go to epicwill.com. Use promo code Shapiro to save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That's epicwill.com. Promo code Shapiro. Again, epicwill.com. Use promo code Shapiro. Save 10% on Epic Will's complete will package. That is epicwill.com. Promo code Shapiro. If you're a responsible human being, got to make sure you have a will. Go take care of it today. Epicwill.com. Use promo code Shapiro. Save 10%. So Chuck Todd actually got angry yesterday that Republicans are targeting Hunter Biden. Why? Why? I, ser serious question. There's some pretty good indicators that Hunter Biden was engaging in some fairly corrupt behavior abroad that may implicate his father, who is the president of the United States. And yet you, the Praetorian Guard in the media, you're very upset about all this. So you're willing to whole hog on Donald Trump's Russian asset who's selling the nuclear coast to Vladimir Putin. But if Republicans start asking questions about Hunter Biden, who may be passing 10% to the big guy while paying 50 grand a month to his dad in rent, according to his own firm, forms, then that's not worthy of question. It seems to me if you're concerned about what Hunter Biden did, you should be equally outraged about what Jared Kushner did. I, I'm, I'm concerned about getting the truth. I don't target individuals, target individuals. <laughs> I target you don't? The You're targeting Hunter Biden my, my, my multiple concern, times my concern, on this show, my, Senator. You're targeting an Chuck, individual. Chuck, my, my concern, my, you know, Chuck, you know, par, part of the problem, and, and this is pretty obvious to anybody watching this, is you don't invite me on to interview me. You invite me on to argue with me. You know, I'm just trying to lay out the facts that certainly Senator Grassley and I uncovered. They were suppressed. They were censored. They interfered in the 2020 election. Conservatives understand that. Unfortunately, liberals in the media don't. Okay, so I, I do love that Chuck Todd is very upset they would possibly take a look at Hunter Biden. He's going to mention Jared Kushner in the same sentence. Yeah, again, there's some pretty significant distinctions right here between Jared Kushner. I, I guess the accusation with Jared Kushner is that Jared Kushner has taken money for his for his hedge fund from the Saudis after brokering peace in the Middle East. When, when did Hunter Biden broker peace in China ever or with regard to Ukraine? Like what connections did he have with any of these places independent of just his father's name? Can anyone name it? In any case, this is always the, the, the go-to standby so that you don't actually have to deal with the fact that the Hunter Biden situation actually is very ugly for the president or could get uglier. Meanwhile, it is not a shock that CNN, in a desperate attempt to regain ratings, is now apparently considering hiring a comedian to host one of its primetime shows. According to Semaphore, the news entertainment personality could fill the primetime 9 to 11 p.m. hours with a non-traditional version of news, five people familiar with the planning said. So CNN is so serious about the news, the most trusted name in news. They're so serious about the news, our media, that now they are talking about literally hiring a comedian like Jon Stewart in order to do the news at CNN. Which, by the way, just shows you how, how far things have come. And CNN has come full circle. You remember in the early 2000s, there was a show on CNN called Crossfire. It was with Tucker Carlson and Paul Begala. And they would sit there and they would argue about politics. A pretty good show. And Jon Stewart went on that show and said it was bad for America. Now, the truth is, what was truly bad for America was not the debate between Paul Begala and Tucker Carlson. What was truly bad for America was Jon Stewart smirking his way through political ignorance while pretending that he knew what the hell he was talking about, which he clearly does not. And now CNN is going to have no dissenting points of view on the air. They still don't have a Republican working for the network. But they are going to have Jon Stewart or somebody else like Jon Stewart doing some sort of political comedy at night. Makes perfect sense. CNN President Chris Licht hinted at his desire to sign Stewart in an interview last year with The New York Times, saying he'd love to bring on the former late night host. Stewart is still under contract with Apple, where he's making absolutely unwatchable garbage, where he just parrots woke talking points in order to regain his lost credibility with the radical left. 
They're talking about hiring Bill Maher. I, I don't see that happening at all. They're looking for their version of John Oliver, one television news insider familiar with the search for old semaphore. Executives have discussed turning the 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. hours into a series of shows modeled like a variety program with shows within shows for different journalists. One network executive told Semaphore, none of this is going to save you, CNN. Solid, solid stuff right there. Maybe they can hire Samantha B. You know, really go for it. Uh, amazing work here by, by CNN. It's more on this in just one moment. First, you've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy before. Choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. Now, I actually research the show's sponsors because I want to recommend brands I believe in. I can say with full confidence, ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. For starters, ExpressVPN does not log your online activity. Lots of cheap or free VPNs make money by selling your data to advertisers, but ExpressVPN doesn't do that. They've even developed a technology called Trusted Server that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. ExpressVPN also uses Lightway. That's a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever. I've tried a lot of VPNs in the past. They can sometimes slow your connection, but... ExpressVPN is always blazing fast and lets me stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. Not to mention, ExpressVPN, really, really easy to use. You don't need any technical skills to set it up. You just fire up the app, you tap one button, and now you're connected. Even your grandparents could do it. I'm not just the one saying this. It's Business Insider, The Verge, a lot of other tech journals. They rate ExpressVPN as the number one VPN on planet Earth. Protect yourself with the VPN I know and trust. Use my link at expressvpn.com slash Ben today. Get an extra three months free on that one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Ben. Expressvpn.com slash Ben to learn more. Okay, meanwhile, in the most ridiculous news of the day, the Miss Universe pageant happened the other night. And uh, far be it for me to say that I watched a single minute of it. I did not. The only minute of it that I watched is what was going around online. What was going around online was a video of Thai, quote, businesswoman and CEO of the JKN Global Group, Anne Jakrajutatib. Okay, now, there's one problem with, with Anne Jakrajutatib. Um, I, I don't know how to pronounce that name, so I'm going to screw it up. This person is not a woman. This person is a dude, a dude with a lot of surgeries, as you will be able to hear from this clip. So the owner of Miss Universe, bought Miss Universe, and now has said that uh, the world's most famous beauty pageant is entering a new era. And here is what uh, Jakra Zuzatip said. The Miss Universe organization from now on is going to be ran by women, owned by trans women, for all women. For all women really around the world to celebrate the power of feminism. The power of feminism. It will be owned by a woman. A trans woman. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, has our society become ridiculous enough yet for you? And this is just Hunger Games type stuff. It's... Absurdity piled on top of absurdity. Jakra Jutatip continued, the pageant would stand for, quote, diverse cultures, social inclusion, gender equality, creativity, a force for good, and of course, the beauty of humanity. The beauty of humanity. Quote, I turned pain into power and I turned life lessons into wisdom. So uh, the company which owned Miss Universe was bought out for about $20 million. I love that they call this person a mother of two. This is not a, a mother. This is a, a dude. So. Really exciting stuff. I, I do love that, that a, a, an entire pageant that is built on stereotypes about beautiful women is going to now be run by a, tra a man who says he is a woman who now says that he is fighting on behalf of feminism. So here's the real question. Okay, if we're going to take this feminism thing all the way to its, its logical extreme here, then probably the Miss Universe contest has to be open to fat women, correct? We have to be body positive here at the Miss Universe contest. And in fact, not only just fat women, fat men. After all, some men are women. And it would be absolutely sexist to only allow trans women to participate who have had an extraordinary amount of plastic surgery to make them appear more like women on the outside. So probably we need a bunch of fat, hairy dudes who say that they are women also in bathing suits parading around at the Miss Universe contest if we truly wish to achieve gender equality and not buy into the harmful gender stereotypes that cause people to think that men are men and women are women. That is definitely the, the best way to, to heal this problem. Again, a, a society that, that refuses to be able to laugh at these sorts of problems is a society that, um, that is essentially dead on its feet. And if we are supposed to take seriously this ridiculousness, 
then we are a society that is essentially finished. The innate absurdity of this is beyond compare. Okay, meanwhile, today marks Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The national holiday was declared in 1983. And every time we have Martin Luther King Day these days, we have a a broad-scale discussion about Martin Luther King Jr.'s association economically uh, with, uh, with sort of the communist left, which, of course, is not why there's a Martin Luther King Jr. Day. There, there are many people who have been leftist in America, and there's no Eugene Debs Day here in the United States. In any case, the reason that, that Martin Luther King Jr. Day exists is because, of course, there was an attempt to achieve racial comedy in the aftermath of the 1960s and 1970s. And the idea was that we should pay homage to the idea that we should treat people based on their individual identity rather than on their group identity. Uh, we've decided to do away with that, as we'll get to in a moment. Boston did unveil what has to be one of the worst statues I have ever seen in my entire life. Uh, it, is, it is supposed to be of MLK. It was called The Embrace. And it's supposed to be based on him hugging Coretta Scott King. But whoever is the artist decided instead to make it look as though there are hands that are hugging what looks to be a vermicious knid, I guess, from... Charlie and the and the glass elevator, or I mean that, that is the clean version of what exactly they're hugging right here from particular angles. It's uh, I don't. Modern art is generally garbage. This is super garbage. It is really bad. Like they decided to essentially make the statue. For those who can't see it, they decided to make this particular monument headless. So you don't. Martin Luther King Jr. has no head. Coretta Scott King has no head. You just see arms that are kind of hugging each other, but you can't tell that they're arms from most of the angles. Here is what it looks like. When this is revealed, by the way, just the kind of gasp by the crowd, like what in the world? So instead you have this giant hideous monument in the center of Boston now. Uh, so that's exciting. Here's what it looked like. The embrace unveiled on Boston Common today, the statue honoring the life and legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife, Can you pause Scott that for a second? His- what the F is that? What in the world is that? So from one angle, you can actually see that it is arms. But from the first angle, it does not look like arms. From the first angle, it looks like bizarro world garbage. What is happening right now? So obviously, the, the modern artists decided that they were going to um, have, have a message. And the message was that you're going to go inside of it. And you're going to walk around. You're going to look up to the sky. How about statues that look like things, guys? How about that? I, I, is it too much to ask? Like, I'm fine with a, a statue of Martin Luther King. It's a beautiful one over in Washington, D.C. I'm just I'm wondering why they decided to go for the headless statue of Martin Luther King as opposed to, you know, the one that had a head. And what, what, what happened here? Go back to the first angle for a second when they first unveil this thing. Because, um, yeah, what is that? This right here. I, I, it looks as a, a person is wrestling an anaconda. Bizarre, bizarre statue. Super weird. By the way, it is worth noting with regard to statues that it'll be about 20 years until the statue comes down. And the reason it will end up coming down is because it will turn out that they will do more review into uh, Martin Luther King's personal life, which was really, really dicey in terms of his treatment of women. And, uh, and then there'll be questions asked about whether there should be statues to Martin Luther King Jr. I mean, that is the standard, is it not? Well, in any case, every Martin Luther King Jr. day, there is an attempt to basically suggest that Americans must accept the entirety of Martin Luther King's agenda in order to achieve what Martin Luther King Jr. wanted for America. Now, listen, just because we have a holiday celebrating the aspect of Martin Luther King Jr.'s legacy that we all agree with does not mean that we agree with the entirety of his legacy. This happens to be true with literally every monument, literally every day of the year. There are many things about George Washington's policy agenda that you and I might not agree with. He was, in fact, a slaveholder. However, his life is worth celebrating because of the things that we do agree with and we think are great and glorious. The same thing is true with regard to Martin Luther King Jr. But You have an entire commentary that is dedicated to the proposition that if you celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day, then this must mean that you embrace everything Martin Luther King Jr. ever did or said. We'll get to that in just one moment. All righty, folks. Well, today is the anniversary of one of the greatest moments in Daily Wire history. After months of leading the legal battle against the federal government and a national do not comply campaign, the Supreme Court blocked the Biden administration's outrageous VAX mandate. To celebrate, Jeremy's Razors is offering a giant discount right now, 40% off on all Razor subscriptions. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. One year ago today. Joe Biden tried to force the vax on just about everyone. Here's what Jeremy, co-CEO of The Daily Wire, had to say about that. We won't be enforcing Joe Biden's unconstitutional and tyrannical vaccine mandate. That's it. We'll use every tool at our disposal, including legal action, to resist. Yes, that is the same Jeremy from Jeremy's Razors. You might remember that viral commercial with Jeremy. (laughs) 
You see any other CEOs out there publicly suing government on your behalf? Nope, just Jeremy. And the best part about it is we actually won. The Biden vaccine mandate is as good as dead. We said do not comply and you did not comply. In fact, over a million of you signed our petition saying as much. And today, together, we kick the government's ass. So are you going to keep buying from those other guys or from the guy who sued the government on your behalf and won? And for all the ladies out there, give your man something else to smile about. Every time he picks up a Jeremy's razor, he'll remember just how much you care. Trust me, if he listens to this show too, he'll appreciate you even more. We'll make it even easier for you. Switch now, get 40% off on your razor subscriptions at jeremysrazors.com. Okay, so every Martin Luther King Jr. Day, we get a bevy of think pieces in left-wing media talking about in order to live up to the legacy of Martin Luther King Jr., we basically have to engage in a woke Bernie Sanders redistributionist agenda. So today's example comes courtesy of Esau Macaulay, writing for the New York Times, the kind of revolution that Martin Luther King Jr. envisioned. Quote, in 1968, four days before he was shot on the balcony of the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. delivered his last Sunday sermon at the Washington National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. It was entitled Remaining Awake Through a Great Revolution. And although King doesn't say the word woke, he uses the concept as it was understood by many black folks then, well before the term was co-opted by the political right to refer to any left-leaning policy it wanted to condemn. The sermon is an opportunity to encounter the real king, who is too often obfuscated by politicians who use his legacy to support their own agendas. They contend that King was colorblind, when in fact his policy aims were unapologetically color conscious. Okay, well, if that were the part of Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday that we were actually celebrating, okay, but that's not what we're celebrating. If you had asked people in 1983 when this was enshrined into federal law, are they in favor of a national holiday that enshrines the idea of group redistributionism? The answer is no. There would not have been support for that. The thing that every school child learns when they are in school about Martin Luther King Jr. is the I Have a Dream speech, right? One of the great speeches in American rhetorical history. That speech is replete with references to the idea that we should all view each other as God's creatures without reference to color. An attempt to backfill that by looking at the fact that Martin Luther King Jr. was economically socialistic does not change the fact that that is not what we are actually celebrating about Martin Luther King Jr. on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And, and trying to claim that that is what we are celebrating is silly. Or that that's what we should be celebrating, because in order to celebrate the part of the legacy we like, we have to celebrate the whole thing. Wrong. We don't have to celebrate his treatment of women, and we don't have to celebrate his socialistic redistributionist policies either. There are a bunch of things about Martin Luther King Jr. that are not worth celebrating, and then there are a bunch of things that are worth celebrating, and those are not the same thing. However, again, the idea here is that if you really, really want the Martin Luther King Jr. revolution, what you need is a compelling case for reparations based on the debt this country owes its black citizens. By the way, even if you were going to make this case in 1968, like directly in the aftermath of Jim Crow. It's very difficult to make that case in 2023. You're talking about half a century later. But says this columnist for King, waking up is not simply understanding that racism is bad. It is acknowledging that racism created generational wealth for white Americans and robbed black Americans of the same economic boost. The racial wealth gap King highlighted in his sermon not only persists, but according to some studies is basically the same as it was in 1968. Well, then I have a question. The United States has undertaken spending of tens of trillions of dollars in social redistributionist schemes, ranging from food stamps to welfare to government-subsidized housing to government-subsidized college admissions policy that is racially discriminatory in nature. And the wealth gap remains. Why is it that wealth gap remains when it has closed for virtually every other minority in the United States? The answer certainly has to do some with history, but a lot of it has to do with the fact that you have a 75% out-of-wedlock birth rate in the Black community. You have dramatic educational underperformance in the black community. Now, you can go back to the original sin here and you can blame it on the original sin. And that's all, that's all well and good. But the decisions that are going to change the trajectory of the wealth gap in the United States are decisions that are made today, not by governments who sign checks. They're decisions made on an individual level to be responsible and to help make life better for your children. That is the story of how groups, generally speaking, rise in the United States. Members, individual members of the groups, not as groups, individual members of the groups make good decisions. And when they make good financial and personal decisions, the wealth in their family increases. And when the wealth in their family increases, it increases intergenerationally. This is how you cure the problem. I will agree with you about the problem with the evils of Jim Crow and slavery. Of course, of course. And I'll agree with you that that obviously puts some groups behind the eight ball to start with in 1965. But when you're talking about 2023 and the people who are now experiencing the wealth gap being born 40 years after the Civil Rights Act, then you got to start asking questions as to how do you choose to solve the problem? But the answer is that we are just going to say that we need to, to recommend the same solutions that Martin Luther King Jr. was talking about. 
which is why you have another column in the Washington Post today by Perry Bacon Jr. saying the racial reckoning led to lots of talk, but little real change. And he points out many American leaders and institutions will honor the legacy of the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. on Monday and pledge to work toward his goals. But they also most certainly won't sound as committed to black causes as they did in the weeks immediately following Floyd's murder by Minneapolis police. Well, right. I mean, that's because in the aftermath of, of George Floyd's killing by Derek Chauvin, essentially, you had a bunch of woke virtue signaling. People didn't look at the original situation of the case and say there is no evidence of actual racial bias in this particular case. There's a lot of evidence, in fact, that, that George Floyd was high as a kite. You can make the case. And the case apparently was made to the satisfaction of the jury, if not to my own satisfaction in court, that Derek Chauvin was responsible for his death. Again, I think the evidence there is really, really sketchy, but okay. But nobody even alleged that that was the result of racism, that Derek Chauvin was a racist who decided to kill a black man that day. And yet it didn't matter. The entire country decided they were going to virtue signal on this basis. And then when it came down to actual policy, they didn't actually do anything. Why? Because it turns out the vast majority of Americans don't agree with racially redistributionist policy. And so I understand why there are people like Perry Bacon Jr. who are mad that, that, that America virtue signaled and then didn't do the stuff that they wanted. I get it. They feel fibbed to because they were fibbed to mainly by a bunch of left-wing media types who decided that they were going to pay lip service to the Black Lives Matter cause without actually embracing the Black Lives Matter agenda. And so this is why we're going to get these, these pieces every single day. And by the way, the, the policies that are being advocated are bad. The policies that are being advocated by Black Lives Matter, the policies that were advocated by Martin Luther King in 1968, even if they were temporarily justifiable, would have been bad in the short, medium, and long term. And yet those policies are still being advocated today. So, for example, you have the New York Times today arguing in favor of affirmative action. Affirmative action has been one of the giantest fails in American political history. As mentioned, the wealth gap in the United States has not been alleviated. The notion that affirmative action, which was necessary in order to leverage black students who were underperforming on standardized tests into top-level universities, that this would heal the income and wealth gap in the United States was a lie. It is not true. It creates misalignment. It creates higher dropout rates. It means that, that people who actually didn't need affirmative action in order to get into their schools are looked at askance wrongly. And yet you have the New York Times lamenting the possibility that affirmative action might fall. Of course, affirmative action should fall. The answer to racial discrimination is to stop racially discriminating. The answer to racial discrimination is not to then reverse the racial discrimination, obviously. And at the New York Times preemptively lamenting the loss of affirmative action, quote, in 1964, hoping to erase its image as a privileged cloister for white rich families, Wesleyan University contacted 400 black high school students from around the country to persuade them to apply. The outreach led to the enrollment of what became known as Wesleyan's Vanguard class. One Latino and 13 black students, which helped establish the university's commitment to diversity. Nearly 60 years later, such recruitment practices face an existential threat well, yes, because it turns out that when you discriminate largely against Asian students, by the way, that is a bad thing to do. It is not white students who are typically losing out at the university level now. It's Asian students. Asian students wildly overperform by group metric on things like the SAT. And so you've seen more and more schools basically write out the SAT as a metric of, of entry in favor of sob story essays where they can try to essentially backdoor affirmative action by trying to ascertain your racial history through your essay. College officials warn there's no way of knowing how sweeping the court decision will be, but the ruling expected by June is likely to have a broad impact on a range of schools, according to Vern Granger, director of admissions at the University of Connecticut. Most people are thinking about the admissions process at selective institutions, he said, but I would say this decision is going to be far-ranging and it's going to be expansive. If the court rules as expected, the class admitted for the fall of 2024 will look quite different, said education officials. We'll see a decline in students of color attending college before we see an increase again. We'll be missing an entire generation, said said Angel B. Perez, the chief executive of the National Association for College Admission and Counseling. Well, why? Wouldn't that suggest that the public education system that you guys have funded to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars over the course of the last several decades, that the welfare and social safety net programs you've created, the affirmative action programs you've created have been a giant fail? Why would it miss a bunch of a black and Hispanic students? Why? Why would that happen? Presumably because the underperformance continues, despite affirmative action being in place. For the last 60 years in this country, Mr. Granger, who also serves as president of the Association for College Admission Counseling, expects changes even at the community college level, setting drops in applications following statewide bans on affirmative action in Michigan and California. He said some students from underrepresented groups may simply not apply. The institutions most likely to be dramatically affected are the 200 colleges and universities regarded as selective, meaning they admit 50 percent or fewer of their applicants. Well, OK, and you know who will benefit the people who do well on tests. 
And those people happen to be the people who should be striated into the nation's top universities. The attempt to destroy meritocracy in favor of what? Racial selectivity? Is an amazing, it's an amazing reversal of the thing we actually are supposed to be celebrating on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Which, of course, is the idea that we are supposed to view people not on the basis of their race, but on the basis of their quality and their merit. These the sort of woke policies that are being prescribed here are, of course, the worst policies in the world. They're, they're really, really bad. They're bad on everything from education to crime, which is why even the Washington Post is now having to go conservative with regard to crime policy. Editorial in the Washington Post today, quote, Washington could become a more dangerous city if the D.C. Council votes Tuesday as currently planned to override Mayor Muriel Bowser's veto of a bill that decreases punishments for violent crimes like carjackings, home invasion, burglaries, robberies, even homicides. The far-reaching rewrite of the criminal code will further tie the hands of police and prosecutors while overwhelming courts. With the city awash in handguns, the measure would also scale back penalties for convicted felons illegally carrying firearms, as well as for using them to commit crimes. The bill eliminates life sentences, gets rid of mandatory minimums for every crime but first-degree murder. The maximum penalty for someone convicted of a violent felony while using a gun to commit more violence would drop to four years. Why are they doing this? The answer, of course, is racial justice. This is the reason they are doing this. So maybe America should not embrace group justice because group justice is the opposite of actual individual justice. And that's the thing we actually should remember on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. All righty, guys, the rest of the show is continuing right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be getting into the NHL, putting out a racially discriminatory job listing in Florida and getting slapped around for a plus. We'll get to whether the Republican Congress is going to shut down the government over the debt ceiling again. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 